All right. There we are. Hey. Hey. It's a me. <laughs> That's right. We are here. <laughs> We're live. Welcome That's to Talking right. Heads, everyone. Episode 257. Your once with the live shift latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk deck, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are right on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the mm -hmm. channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Mm -hmm. Last but not least... Uh, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. Yeah, and a quick a quick note about the after parties. Was, we've been doing this, at least I've been doing this the last couple of times I went there. I would just like, hey, we're all here sitting talking, let's go play some games together. So right. I think last time I was on, we played some like Overwatch 2. Um, so maybe a little more incentive to come out and yeah. hang out with us. Yeah, we used to do uh, some weekly gaming sessions uh, on on the Discord. Um, mm -hmm. Might have to bring some of that back. In fact, I've been talking yeah. to Red about uh, a day that might work for us to just like, hey, let's just block out three hours and let's yeah. go game. It uh, used to be a Saturday, but I think that's kind of like a lot of people's busiest because a lot of people live their lives in the weekend right right so asking them to take time out and come play with us uh you know maybe maybe we're that special i don't know yeah <laughs> who knows yeah who knows but uh but yeah saturday tends to be like my one day off i usually yeah. try to take thursdays too but there ain't no hope of taking a thursday off in the next couple of weeks yeah uh, I've, I've got like three pc builds that have to be done in the next two weeks. So, so yes. <laughs> uh, no rest so, yeah. for the weary. It, it's, been, uh, it's been kind of a grind. I mean, October is mm -hmm. usually a grind for me anyway, um, both personally and professionally. I also manage a haunted house and have for the last, gosh, 18 years. Oh, <laughs> I've been I was wondering that. if you were doing that this year. Yep, I, I've been out him? there every mm -hmm. night. So, All right. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been a heck of a lot of fun, uh, but yeah, it's been busy. <laughs> Woohoo! Right, Michael, Michael loves my shirt. Thanks, I love my shirt too. This goes Ma this goes way back. Malventano just uh, dropped a note in the Discord saying, uh, "Basement triple rack has finally attained its final form," and oh my boy, goodness. is that a beautiful thing to to behold. That's in his basement, huh? Right? Is it next to his stove? Yeah. Is, is that is that where he cooks because his wife banished him to the basement? Right. <laughs> because he spends too much money on server equipment? Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if his hot water heater is actually plugged in or if he's just, you know, just lined some even... radiators on the back of a server rack and he just pipes hot water into it. Hey, I'm sure it's going to get more consistent hot water for showers than uh, with his yeah. hot water heater. Yeah. I mean... My server rack idles at a thousand watts. That's a lot of power I could be dumping back into my house for yeah. heating. So. Oh, it's, he says it's a chest freezer. Okay. It's to, to keep all his TV dinners. There you go. 
<laughs> oh, and in parentheses, it's working a bit hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Uh, Steve, what are you drinking this uh, yeah. fine, fine last Wednesday before Halloween? So, um, I, I I think we talked about this once, like how one of our favorite styles is ESB, but it's kind of hard to find people yeah. who make a decent ESB. Um, I was pretty excited today when I found an ESB, but with a twist, it's a dry hopped ESB. And as a bonus twist, made by one of our favorite breweries, Oakshire. Oh. So I'm especially excited to try this one. If you've never um, had an Oakshire beer, uh, they're a smaller brewery out of Eugene. They don't mm-hmm. ship much outside this local region, but they have some absolutely dynamite beers. Oh, yeah. uh, the one that always comes to my mind is their Hellshire. Uh, Hellshire is, yeah, one of oh, those like, barrel-aged stouts. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe in the United States, but I, definitely in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it, it's up there with a lot of the, the Fort George barrel-aged stuff mm-hmm. that they'll do based on their Kavatica stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could put it right up against Bourbon County. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's of that par. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, and my second one, um, I'm going with another good favorite brewery of mine, Brickside. With their fresh hop 2022. Nice. Since we still have a few more cans of fresh hop stuff out there. Yep. Which I am a big fan of fresh hop IPAs. Yep. Uh these six weeks are like the most wonderful time of the year in Oregon. I know. <laughs> they really are. Uh what's funny is we've got an all Oregon show then. Um so oh, nice. so I've got two beers lined up. I will probably start with Ex Novo's The Magic Stout. Uh, This is a collaboration with Puff Coffee. So it's Puff the Magic Dragon Dragon, Stout. Uh, And uh, this one clocks in at 7.4% and brewed right here in Portland. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vanilla beans uh, brewed in collaboration with Wizards at Puff Coffee. So, And And I think the guy who wrote the lyrics just passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. I, I think I heard that. Yeah. Um... And then we have an annual release. Uh, this comes out right around Halloween time mm. every single year from our good friends over at Rogue Ales and Spirits. Uh, everyone knows the Rogue Dead Guy Ale. It is a staple that is shipped nationally. Yeah. Um, it's a very good, you know, mid-range heavy malt uh, beverage. It's a Maybach, yeah. Right, it's a Maybach. Um, mm-hmm. This one is the Dead Guy Ale, but they age it in dead guy whiskey barrels. So Rogue mm. also produces a dead guy whiskey. Um, and this is aged in some of their in-house whiskey barrels. Uh, it's nine and a half percent, but this is like turning the malt up to 11. Oh yeah. It I, is so freaking fantastic. It uh, is delicious. It's actually very re- reminiscent of like a scotch ale mm-hmm. uh, out of this brew. But the dead guy ale is already fantastic. This is amazing. So yeah. uh, I think I'm going to start with the coffee stout. Um, or no, no, I think I'm going to go the other way. I think I'm going to start with the dead guy uh, yeah. and then go to the coffee stout because I think the coffee stout would be better a or warmed up just a touch. I'm, I'm definitely going with the ESB Ooh. first. Though. I'm most curious about that. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All of these cans have been a little bit of a, uh, a hot, hot canning. Uh, they've all foamed right out of the, the can for me. 
So, there we go. All right, let's see what we've got brewing in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, don't even know if I can pronounce that that username, but we've got uh, Choa Jinhui, Choa Shinwei, something like that, drinking a Kentucky pumpkin barrel age or barrel ale. Uh, let's see. Tia Simmons, how do we feel about a Belgian sour beer? Ooh, Belgian sours are great. Yes. Like the, the cherry Belgian sours are delicious. Yes. Uh, Lethal Resonance has a Dark Thunderstorm King, Victory Brewing, 9.1%. Uh, let's see. Tyler's got a Victory Merry Monkey. Never heard of Never that heard one. Never heard of that one? No. Yeah. Uh... Uh, Oft Infinity has an Apple Lantern, Blake's Hard Cider, 9.5%. Uh, I Sean... picked up a Perry today, too, because I haven't had a Perry in forever. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sean says, Craft Computing, hoping the PC builds go without a hitch. I know, not likely, but one can hope. Uh, well, today I actually started a benchmarking project in which I tried to take two working PCs that I already had and benchmark them against each other. And one of the mm. motherboards died, so we're off mm. to a phenomenal start. Yeah. Wonderful. Rhett goes, did I do something wrong? I said, yeah, you uh, came to work for me. <laughs> your, your mere presence screwed everything up. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Springles says, I want to know what Steve's shirt says. Oh, it says, uh, it is pitch black. You are likely to be eaten by a group. <laughs> and if you don't know where that's from, it's from Zork. Zork. One of the original Infocom text games. Yep. Yeah, one of the uh, original BBS multi-user mm -hmm. dial-in and play text-only uh, labyrinths. I don't. I don't remember it being dial-in. They might have made a mod for it to, for a dial-in, but I, I definitely remember loading it up on floppies. Okay. Floppies. I could have swore that one was a BBS, but maybe I'm thinking about. I think it's been converted with so many things. In fact, yeah. there's websites. Oh no, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Red Dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Boy, are we aging ourselves or what? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, Michael's got some sake for a Wednesday. That Ooh, sounds sake. awesome. I have, it's been a while since I've had sake. I, um, I usually try to pick it up when I go out for sushi, but yeah. I don't go out to sushi that much. Yep. Uh, Sean's got a gin and tonic. Oh, that's good, too. Loves me some beef eater. Yes. Andrew's got an iced coffee from the cafeteria. Tastes like a medium or a dark roast with half and half and raw sugar. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and finally, we'll, we'll end with Jason's got a golden, or sorry, Synergy Golden Pineapple Raw Kombucha. Mm. Good for uh, you. Do like good some health. kombucha? Have some. It's good for your tongue tongue. Yes. All right. So I think we are well lubricated and mm -hmm. ready to dive into the news. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, starting with, uh, boy, the 4090 launch, <laughs> let's just say it's been a little bit rough, and I think mm -hmm. it's getting a whole lot rougher. For not, only, 
for not only NVIDIA, but a lot of their board partners as well. And it's because of a the power plug that NVIDIA is recommending all 4000 series cards use. Well, as it turns out, the very first 4000 series card, the one that could draw upwards of 850 watts by itself, doesn't like having all that power ran through slimmer gauged wire, which is exactly what the all new NVIDIA 16 pin is. Uh, it uses a thinner gauge wire than either the or the old eight pin GPU connector mm-hmm. that we all know that can draw about 150 watts per connection uh, or the new 12 pin connection that uh, was introduced on the 3000 series founder cards. Um that, in theory, could do about 450 watts. Uh, well, they needed a new power connection. And what direction do you go other than slimming down your wires? <laughs> you go more wires? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, as Tom's Hardware puts it, great balls of fire. Uh, it's also inspired a number of different... Uh, investigative journalism pieces as well as some investigation by uh jace two cents and gamers nexus and the like uh all looking into is this actually a problem or is there another factor here is is there something else that's causing 4000 series cards to quite literally go up in smoke um I am no stranger to to GPU fires. I've had a GPU (laughs) self-combust on me uh, once before. Uh, And really don't know the cause of mine either. But what I can tell you is they're all failing in the same way and at the same location. And boy, if it doesn't sound like it's this new power connector that's failing. Yeah. And it seems to be, and I and I, I was reading a little bit about this uh, this afternoon, and the uh, reigning theory is it's it's kind of about how it's oriented when it's plugged in, because what the what happens is the plug comes in and it's supposed to sit straight, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like this, so it's not hitting all the connectors, and some of the connectors are getting more power than others, which creates more heat, yep. which then overheats and then creates the fire. Right. Well, there, well, there's two factors to consider. If you're plugging in at an angle and your top plugs no longer mm-hmm. have a good connection, not only are you going to heat up the connections that are driving more power through, mm-hmm. again, thinner wires, yep. but you're also going to increase heat because of the resistance of trying to pass power through not a good enough connection. Right. Yeah. Um, so definitely some some things that could be causing this. Uh and like I said, there's multiple sites investigating right now. Tom's Hardware being one. We've also got uh, PC Games uh, uh, also taking a look at it, as well as a number of other articles that I saw crop up on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, there's definitely there definitely seems to be a smoking gun, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> around this uh, the this new 16 pin connector. Um, so. I don't have any thing to to say on it at this point. I've not personally experienced it. Uh, obviously, I don't have a 4090 on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say uh, Hardware Unboxed has actually been working on a physical bit of merchandise 
that is a 16 pin connector that is a right angle dongle. So you can pin directly up and then it will hold the connector at a 90 degree to the graphics card. Right, so it won't uh, bend so much. Right. Is that the actual problem? I don't know. Uh, right. But there are people in the know that they're leaning that direction. Um, but NVIDIA has yet to comment on this. And mm. at the rate that these have been cropping up, yes, problems like this do rise to the top of social media attention yeah. when they happen. It's also happened more than just like twice. And so, you know, when an iPhone catches fire, it makes news, it makes headlines. When an RTX 4090 makes fire, it also catches headlines. This is more reminiscent of the Samsung Note 7 catching oh, yeah. fire. Yeah, because uh, it happened to so many people. And because... No longer coincidence. Right, it was no longer coincidence. It was no longer, well, how did you have it charging? Yeah. It was just, I plugged it in and it caught fire. Like, yeah. that should be enough. That should be enough, exactly, because it shouldn't be doing that. Right. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I was charging it on top of my fireplace or something like that. No, this is just plugging it in and it caught fire. This is just, they're just plugging it in and it catches fire. There was in some cases, uh, people had pre uh, bought pre-made PCs. They didn't even build it themselves. So it wasn't like they were screwing up. <laughs> so Novella Hub says arcing. Arcing. Um, <laughs> oh, I see that, yes. Uh, further down, uh, someone said, uh, uh, are you saying is that all Intel's fault? <laughs> Intel Arc. <laughs> Intel Arc, yes. Rom so says funny. I'm just holding it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's definitely some some things that need to be looked at, and Nvidia, you need to say something. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they made a statement to say that they are investigating it. I think that was the extent of their uh, right. um, messaging on this, which isn't, um, you know, it doesn't really bode well. Uh, I hope the people who uh, who did happen to, they get refunds for the very, very expensive card. Because, um, yeah, this is just uh, a little too suspicious um yeah and and a, and a problem that's happening over and over and over that they're seeing that yep. there could be an issue yeah um one thing that i completely forgot to add to um the news but i'll go ahead and touch on right now is uh even though the 4090s have been in fairly short supply and it looks like nvidia's kind of trying to make some artificial scarcity to keep demand high for these cards and uh, we'll probably see a similar release next week with the uh the 4080 um nvidia is said to be allocating its uh production scale or production with uh, tsmc for their new h100 hopper gpus rather than their uh their ada 4090s um hmm. now the Hopper is a very, very unique card as it's one of the few GPUs that have ever been produced that don't conform to API standards. This does not or is not capable of rendering DirectX 12 or oh. Vulkan or, oh. open, or even OpenGL. Um, in fact, this is a GPU made pretty much entirely of tensor cores. 
which is the uh, AI and mm-hmm. straight up compute uh, sections of NVIDIA Quadro cards. Tensor first started being used uh, in consumer cards in the 3000 series with, with Ampere. Or sorry, with uh, with Turing, with 2000 series. Um, and in part led to some of the ray tracing and RT cores that were uh, being developed and pushed at that time. Well, the, uh, the Hopper, the H100 GPU, is made up almost entirely of tensor cores and will not render graphics at all. Uh, instead, it's being used for compute and AI acceleration. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is it's three and a half times faster than any previous uh, compute GPU. Uh, so even your your highest of your high-end um, Quadro and Tesla cards and your RTX A6000s and things mm-hmm. like that, this card is three and a half times faster at AI computation than NVIDIA's best. Uh, so it's a very interesting card. It's a card that I don't know that I would ever have a use for, nor do I think any, you know, average consumer, let alone gamer, would ever need because it doesn't actually run graphics tasks, even though it is technically a GPU. You can sit there and install your own local version of crayon.ai and just right. sit there and generate AI generated images all day. Right, exactly. It's, it's for, I guess it's for people who want when they're going to embed that into Word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need that card to run Office from now on. Yes. <laughs> Got to generate that clip art, Steve. Generate those <laughs> the AI clip art. <laughs> uh. Uh, Jay also mentioned that cable mod is working or has a right angle connector for the 4090. Yeah. Um, so it seems that people are starting to look at the angle of the dangle, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like we've been down this road before with uh, 3000 series cards going like, how many capacitors are on the back of this? Let's all count and be armchair electrical engineers. Um when that wound up not being the case at all, it wound up being, hey, NVIDIA, dial your steps back by 13 megahertz. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've seen early graphics card failures or crashes or things like that before. Mm-hmm. I kind of want NVIDIA to say something before yeah. I'm going to go, that's your problem. Although there is a lot of suspicion around that connector so and it seems like a lot of things may be going wrong with them mm-hmm. so yeah looking to looking to hear something from nvidia in the next coming days yep. hopefully by monday at least and i apologize kren i missed your two aussie bucks to say good day mates good day uh how you getting on it's about the only two phrases in Australian that I know. <laughs> the shrimp on the Barbie is not the. Uh... I wouldn't go with that one. You wouldn't go with that one. Oh, what was the? What was the? That's uh... racist. No. <laughs> the the Energizer mascot from Australia back in like the nineties and eighties, Jocko. Do <laughs> you remember that what, guy? Was that the Energizer Bunny Jackalope? No, 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 no. He was like a guy, and he just he liked like Energizer. I, I don't remember much from it, but I remember Jocko. I, I don't uh, remember Jocko. Uh, I, I do remember the uh, competitor to uh, America's Funniest Home Videos with, uh, gosh, who, 
Mm. I can see him. He's he's dumber in Dumb and Dumber. He's not Jim Carrey. He's the other guy. Uh, Daniels. Oh, uh, uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's your name. <laughs> it's my name. I should have should remember that. that. Yeah. It's like who's that Buscemi guy? What was his name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. It, no, it should be easy for me to remember. I I remember Daniels. I mean, yeah. come on. Um, well, because of the Jack Daniels you drink all the time. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't drink that much Jack. Um, anyway, he did a spinoff show put up against mm-hmm. uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. And I don't remember the name of the show, but they had a recurring uh, self-produced funny video where uh-huh. they would run a jackalope around in fairly humorous situations. And it was, oh, okay. uh, it was a puppet rabbit with some ear antlers some with some deer antlers shoved yeah. into its head um and it was uh jeff daniels doing that voice uh doing hmm. a really weird cartoon voice that you know he, he's done voice acting before i don't uh, remember that at all actually yeah that's kind of funny to remember that yeah so but then i remember jocko and you know but, but no you say jocko and i'm like oh it's energizer bunny but as a jackalope no <laughs> now i'm confused yeah, his name was, I guess, Mark Johnson. He's yeah, Australian actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not a knife. That's another Australian one. Yeah. Uh, now I'm looking for for pictures of Jacko of Jackalope. Oh, of Jackalope. Or if they got a jackalope. There you go. That's a jackalope. Yeah. Now, now do a search for Jocko Energizer. Right. <laughs> That's the guy. Okay. Okay, then. He seems intense. Yeah, yeah I think that's that was his shtick. Yeah, the commercials. He was like super intense. Right. <laughs> All right then. Uh, let's see. Thought I had a couple different. That's nah, maybe I was mistaken. Nope. Don't see any of those. Okay. Uh. All right. Rom says I'm not here to f spiders. <laughs> yep. All right. Good. I'm not here to waste time. I'm not here to beat around the bush. Ha ha. Yeah. See, I can turn her back up, back on you. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. That's not a knife. Uh, Craft Computing, have a meeting at 11 p.m. tonight. Fun times for the next 10 hours. Oh, gosh. 11 p.m. Those are terrible. Yeah, I yep. had to do that. I had to do that. Not too long ago, I had a meeting with someone in the Netherlands, and it was either like super early in the morning or like close to midnight. I'm like, no, I'm doing midnight, man. I'm not getting up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, uh, Andrew reminds me. Thank you for the two dollars, Andrew. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Myconst is working on rebar. That is a addressable bar for X99. 
That is adding support for GPU memory sharing on X99. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, um, especially with more and more graphics cards supporting it. Um, there's there's Intel weekend. Arc, there's uh, mm-hmm. AMD 5000 series cards and 6000 series cards support it, and mm-hmm. uh, the newest uh, 3000 and 4000 from, from NVIDIA support it. So yeah, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on as that... Uh, ramps up a little bit cool uh well amd is also in the news this week and before we pour one out to optane i I feel Mm -hmm. like we should raise a glass to amd for not letting it die uh so amd is working on bringing cxl memory technology to future consumer cpus now for those not familiar or who didn't watch my Intel Optane video, um, I added one terabyte of persistent DRAM to my uh, Craftinator server, to my mm-hmm. Storinator AV15. Uh, and Optane works a couple of different ways, but at the end of the day, it is inherently different from standard DDR4 or DDR5 memory. It's a non-volatile memory. That is, if it loses power, it retains all of its data, much like NAND flash, much like your SSDs. Whereas standard DRAM, so that's your system memory, if they lose power, they lose everything. And they have to rebuild whatever tables Mm -hmm. they have from scratch. Uh, So it's a very interesting technology, and it has a lot of uh, implications for both memory scaling, memory size, as well as um, databases or tables or or things that you need to hold as close as you can to the CPU to maximize your throughput, uh, such as you know SQL databases and things like that. Yeah. Uh, getting super low latency access to large database sets in memory at sometimes less than a quarter of the cost of what it would be for traditional DRAM. Uh, So I did a piece on adding one terabyte of Optane memory to my Sorinator and tested the storage latency of it. And it was something in the magnitude of like 250 times faster. Uh, I mean, we're talking like 13 milliseconds for for some lookups versus 0.01 milliseconds Mm -hmm. on Optane. Like, it's nuts. Uh, Anyway, AMD is working on essentially an open standard for non-volatile memory, non-volatile system memory. Um, And it's called CXL. Now, Intel killed their Optane division because of poor adoption. Uh, They weren't seeing everyone buying in and using it. And it's partially because Optane is still fairly expensive and is limited in its uses for actual memory projects. Uh, so it is about one third to half the speed of traditional DRAM, uh, but it's also slower than NVMe. However, right. it's lower latency. So it has very specific use cases in server environments and it just didn't fill enough needs or come close enough to everything that it could be an outright replacement or needed to be used in every single server. Um, However, there's still some situations in which 
it is the gold standard to go to as far as storage latency, as far as um, certain databases and certain workloads being that close to the CPU and having that fast of access to it. it it's night and day difference versus DRAM or NAND flash. So there are definitely use cases in support of it. Uh, but Intel said mm -hmm. it's not a profitable division for us. We can't make enough money off of this, and it's taking too much of our research and development dollars yep, versus other yeah. products. So it just doesn't make sense to continue. Well, AMD is continuing research on CXL, and it is, again, an open protocol that yes. can support many different types of memory, including non-volatile memory, including DDR5, DDR4, GDDR5 and 6, um, all of these being very close to the CPU, being integrated into the memory channels and giving you low latency access to databases with varying speeds and latencies and things like that. Uh, the cool thing is CXL is, is also being developed by Intel. So they're going, we still see the advantage to this, but I think maybe opening up the platform instead of saying, no, you have to have a second or third gen scalable Intel Xeon for Optane to work. Maybe yeah. if you had broader support Intel, it would have done better for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, AMD's AM5 platform with DDR5 and PCI Express 5 uh, is actually in the works to potentially get CXL memory support. So non-volatile memory coming to desktop Consumer, systems. Yeah, from AMD. And it, you gotta give it up to AMD because they seem to be the company that <clears throat> will take proprietary technology and software like Optane mm -hmm. or, you know, um, with NVIDIA. Super sampling. Their, yeah, or yeah, super sampling. Um, yep. the, they'll, they'll do TrueSync instead of, you know, the, the NVIDIA and they'll just open source it. Like, Here you guys go. Yep. Um, and then it, it just kind of forces everybody else to adopt it. It'll be like, okay, all, all right, we'll do it. Fine. You know? Right. And so uh, I kind of like them. Uh, I kind of love them for that, actually. Um, you know, they bring the cost down of everything. Like monitors that used to have, you know, the sync technology on it used to be insanely expensive. And then right. they released TrueSync. And then all of a sudden, the cost uh, free of sync. monitors came free down. Sync. Free sync. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Free sync. Uh, uh, free sync. And everything just came down. Um, yeah. So, and now it's a standard feature on yeah, every exactly. graphics card and every monitor. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of, if, if you like that, you have to thank AMD for that. And so if this becomes a standard in future uh, motherboards and um, you got to thank AMD for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, for one, am definitely super excited because there's certainly some use cases for non-volatile memory in my systems, especially when it comes to cloud gaming and, mm -hmm. and distributed computing, VDI, um, because there's no other storage that you can get that low of latency to support that many clients with. Mm -hmm. And getting your operating systems and your games library onto, heck, if, if I can get oh, like two, two terabytes of non-volatile, and it put it into right, it'll spin right up. Right. It'll be like and almost an instant load. Every single right. Your your overall bandwidth is not your limiting factor when it comes to multiple reads or multiple VMs running on a server stack. It comes down to your server latency. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
as we've kind of shown with NVMe drives, it's not about how much data you're loading, it's how quickly you can access yeah. the data. Mm -hmm. uh, and the latency dropping from 10 or 12 or 13 milliseconds down to literally fractions of a millisecond, um, it's huge. So there are huge ramifications for this technology to make its way not only into servers, but into consumer hardware as well. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see what they start doing with this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can even have operating systems starting to use look at and prioritizing what gets cached on them. They can have it manage it for you. This these are the things I use most. Therefore, let's go store them in there, and they'll mm -hmm. come up a lot faster. Yeah, it'd, it'd be it'd be great to see what they do with this stuff. Yeah. So, I for one am definitely excited and hope it does turn out to come to market. Also. If they make it an open standard, might make it cheaper too. Yes, that's like that, that's another thing too. Like, yeah, like, like I, said, I, with the, I with still the paid five hundred dollars a stick for my five hundred twelve gigabyte Optane dims, and I've got two of them. I, I spent a thousand dollars in Optane yeah. dims just to try it out. Um, did you know that PCI Express NVMe Gen three drives? are down to like $80 for a terabyte oh, yeah. now. I'm like, like super surprised at how much they've dropped. Right. I mean, some <laughs> things are still pretty high, but gosh, the NVMe drives have come way down. Yep. Yep. You can get two terabytes for as little as about $140. I know, now. I know. Like I just, just about a year and a half ago, I spent that for just one terabyte. And right. it's up to right. two terabytes. Yep. Yeah, so. That should be fun and definitely something to keep an eye on. You know what else you should keep an eye on? Today's video sponsor, Linode. Linode. Uh, hosting your own servers also means you get to host all of your own problems. And even the most skilled chief engineers will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale to as high as you need to go. With dedicated CPUs, virtualized hosting, GPU hosting, NVMe block storage, and more. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned for the end of 2023. Visit linode.com craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com craftcomputing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. That's right. You save Link. a buttload with Linode. <laughs> Don't you start to. <laughs> oh, that was pretty bad. Uh, now, for those who haven't seen, my most recent video does have a new sketch that goes with my Linode ad, and I it's actually really fantastic. Liked that one. It was really good. It, it was well it, done. It's great. Uh, I also I, am really a fan of uh, David Does Tech. Um, he. Uh, uh, he and Ian Cutris have been doing their best, like. Southern Texas, you know, Arkansas type type accents. Yeah. And uh uh so they, they try to do like a little southern draw with their with their ad reads. Uh David does text uh pours himself like a cup of coffee and uh goes like uh you know, 
On my average Sunday, I like to sit back with a piping hot cop of Linode. And <laughs> and the whole the whole ad read has nothing on screen except him just sitting there drinking from his coffee cup with like a Linode logo taped That's on the it. front of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like in a bathrobe sitting in front of a fire or anything like that? Nope, he is in an ah. easy chair and it gives those kind of vibes. But yeah, I totally okay. would have gone with like a smoking jacket. Smoking jacket pipe. Right. <laughs> Sit back with a piping hut cop of Linode. I, said, I mean, there's I've seen a lot of like sponsored ads on a lot of like popular YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think my favorite is is still the Internet Historian and his uh, NordVPN uh, uh, spots. Those are those are pretty dang hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, visit linode.com slash craft computing. Link in the video description. Get yourself a $100 credit valid for 60 days. Mm, nice. Speaking of things that should have been open standard, but NVIDIA decided to do 100% in-house and force the <laughs> force the uh, market to evolve, uh, DLSS has been a game changer in a lot of games, especially when it comes to running higher resolutions with lower technology or lower power. Right. Um, so for those that don't know, DLSS is their uh, dynamic superscaling technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows you to run games at 720p or 1080p, but render them all the way up to 4K and use artificial intelligence to fill in the gaps and the texture mapping and r- rasterization yeah. and you know, geometries and things like that. So instead um, of looking like a blurry mess, it actually looks really good. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you only have to render at 720p and then it goes, I'll take it from here and uses, you know, cores that are not CUDA, that are not rasterization mm-hmm. to upscale your your end result. And the results are pretty darn good in most cases. However, the developers have to integrate that API based on NVIDIA's hardware support into their games. And so every single game relies on the developer to integrate support. And we all know how well that usually goes. However, apparently there's a new method of unlocking DLSS for faster frame rates and better graphics, regardless of what GPU you own. Mm -hmm. It could be NVIDIA's official DLSS, you know, Turing, Ampere, Ada, uh, framework. It could be an AMD GPU. It could be uh, an Intel GPU. It could even be the integrated graphics on your Steam Deck. It doesn't matter. Uh, so someone has figured out how to unlock DLSS and enable it on every single title, um, which, by the way, we've already kind of done with FSR, with uh, AMD's competing tech. It already yeah. works on pretty much every game you try it on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, now you can use either pipeline regardless of what hardware you own. That's awesome. Yeah. For, for things like the Steam Deck, that is actually pretty important. Now, it's not compatible with any game running at 720p or lower. And technically, the Steam Deck is running at 1280 by 800, but still... Uh, <laughs> but enough. if you wanted to plug that into a TV, you know, via Steam Dock or whatever mm-hmm. else, and output over HDMI and, you know, game from a controller on the couch, this would allow you to upscale and upsample your 720p gameplay up yeah. to 1080p on, on the screen in front of you. 
So definitely kind of a cool endeavor and some something that I wouldn't necessarily run on the Steam Deck just as the Steam Deck because it can play pretty much any game at 720p. The yeah. hardware that's inside is incredible with the RDNA 2 and the Ryzen 4000 CPU. Um, but it does have its limitations. Uh, and in my testing, the Aya Neo Next was faster, even though it was using previous generation Vega, but it has eight CPU cores instead of just four. And right. as we find with a lot of games, even at 720p, you can very quickly become CPU limited. And so in general, I found the Aya Neo Next to be faster but it does lack some GPU horsepower. So this is a system that may benefit much more on the Ioneo Next than it does on the Steam Deck. What's the what's the uh, entry level for getting it to work? Is it a simple hack or what's the, I didn't really read the article, so. Um, so it all, uh, according to the article, I'm just going to read this verbatim. It all starts with the DLSS Unlocker for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, normally, when running a game that supports DLSS, this option will either be grayed out or not even visible when using any GPU outside of the RTX family. This mod adds an injector to disable RTX checking and will use FSR 2.1 in replacement of DLSS option in the game's graphics option. Uh, this is possible thanks to NVIDIA providing its DLSS implementation as a DLL file. So modders can simply replace said DLL file with their own, then translate DLS calls into FSR 2.1, which FSR no, is, this... is the open source, right. uh, AMD's open source implementation right. of yeah, yeah. dynamic upscaling. So basically just a DLL replacement. Right. You just slap it over the top of something. Yep. Yep. Uh, other games that support the mod, Doom Eternal, Horizon Zero Dawn, Marvel Spider-Man, No Man's Sky, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Red Dead Redemption 2, The Ascent, Ghost Runner, Solstice, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Mist, and more. Wait, Mist, the original Mist? <laughs> uh, no, there's a... Uh, He's this whole motion video in some spots. <laughs> no, uh, Mist got remastered in 2021. Did it now? It did. Hmm. So yeah, if you've been wanting upscaling on your Steam Deck or similarly underpowered uh, handheld device or even on a computer, uh, now you can. That's awesome. We see mist, mist. Is it on Steam? It's on Steam. Mist, M-Y-S-T. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that. How did, how did I miss that? I used to be, I'm a big fan of Mist. Oh, they even VR'd it and everything. Yeah. Cool. Wishlist, there it is. All right. All right. Uh, Windows XP can finally join you for a beer. That's right. So uh, this article, unfortunately is incorrect in its title because Windows XP was released on October 25th, 2001. Last I checked, 2020 still counted and it's 2022, which means right. Windows XP is 21 One. years old. Yeah. But regardless of the uh, 
the article and the title being incorrect. Uh, happy 21st birthday, Windows XP. That's right. Do you still have any systems running Windows XP? Uh, I do. I have one. Um, if you've seen my retro gaming build, my retro rocket build, uh, mm -hmm. that PC is running Windows XP. And I do have actually a video planned for sometime in November mm -hmm. uh, that is Windows XP based. <laughs> I, I, you gonna give me, how do you get me video capture software to run on that? Uh, who says I need the video capture to run uh, on the XP I guess machine? You could just, you could just point, a, point a camera at the screen, I guess. Well, you can HDMI out to a video capture card. That's or true. if you're accessing the machine remotely. That's true. Yep, yeah, if you're accessing the machine remotely. That's the only hint I'm going to give. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're doing. <laughs> so, yes, uh, stay tuned to the channel for uh, some... Maybe, maybe not Windows XP news. Yeah, I still have, I think I still have one PC around here running XP. I think it's my, my main machine. I have never, never, ever upgraded my main machine. It's still running XP. <laughs> yep. No, I, uh, I ran XP from the very beginning. I, I built oh, an, I, I built an Athlon XP 1200 system. Um, it wasn't XP because it was Windows XP. It was the Athlon XP 1200. Um, one of the first one gigahertz processors. This one was 1.2 gigahertz. Uh, and built a Windows XP machine out of that. Uh, and I ran Windows XP... Honestly, I ran it right up to the release of Windows Vista. And then I switched to Vista. Hmm. Uh, so... Windows Vista was one of those things that I feel in the short term got a bum rap, partially because of Microsoft's own incompetence uh, and, so, yeah. and partially because of the high system requirements. It did require pretty ballin systems just to run right. the basic OS. Well, yeah, um, what it was, I think I remember a lot of uh, vendors who would release things. They still had some old machines that were built for XP. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, let's just slap Vista on it. And I say, like, it's Vista ready. That's when it was uh, not Vista ready. That's a deeper story than you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess back in 2007, uh, Microsoft had set the minimum requirements for Vista as an Intel 945, so Intel GMA 950 graphics or mm -hmm. higher. Uh, Intel still had a crap ton of D915 chipsets with the previous generation D8 or GMA845 or 840 yeah. graphics, um, which was totally not powerful enough. <laughs> uh, long story short, Microsoft wound up, whether it was through a check in the mail from a random donor or something more nefarious, wound up supporting and officially recognizing Intel D915 as a chip that set that supported Windows Vista. So a lot of people bought brand new PCs with an Intel D915 chipset. With Windows Vista on it. With Windows Vista on it. And it ran like crap. And it was totally not enough, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, there were other, sh other shenanigans yeah. involving Microsoft and Intel and even, even AMD and things like that. 
around the release of Vista because it was such a resource hog. But if yeah. you had a PC, if you had, you know, a Core 2 Duo and, you know, not even integrated graphics, but some level of discrete graphics card, mm -hmm. it actually fine. ran pretty fine. No, no. That's why I was never, I was like, people poo-poo it quite a bit, but it's usually the people who, like, have an adequate you know, requirements and they try to run it and it's like, well, this doesn't run as fast as XP. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Microsoft wasn't really forthcoming with their uh, requirements and stuff like that. I think I did that with three laptops and a desktop of friends who wanted to upgrade to, to Vista. And then they're like, uh, what did you do to my PC? Why does it run like crap now? What did you want to do? Like, dude, you told me to do this. <laughs> um, so I... I was fortunate enough to be invited by Microsoft to their beta program mm -hmm. uh, for Windows Vista. Um, and on my honeymoon in June of 2006, I was running the Longhorn beta on my laptop. Mm. And so that's okay. the laptop that I took on my honeymoon with me. 2006, do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem that long ago, but it's that's, that's actually a while ago. It's a while ago. <laughs> it's a while ago. <laughs> Yep. So, yeah, Longhorn. Woo! I'll go to Longhorn. Yeah, I think the only I we used to have the MSDN at our office, and this was back in the days when mm -hmm. you couldn't download anything, so they shipped out CDs or right. DVDs of everything. Right. And you used to get like this once a quarter. You used to get this giant folder full of like all of their Microsoft products, betas, releases, and everything. So I remember when uh, the beta for Windows 98 came out and I tried that and that was an absolute trash fire. It was like maybe the, of course nothing worked on it. All the things that ran on Windows 95 just did not run very well in Windows 98. Granted it was a beta, but it was like, nope, I'm not doing another Windows beta after that. That was just an absolute yep. horrible experience. I, I've done a number of Windows betas over the years. Um, and, uh, by the way, let me tell you my my laptop specs. I had an AMD Turion 64. Um, I think it was a 1.8 gigahertz. Mm -hmm. uh, single core, single thread. Uh, pretty much the last laptop that you would expect to run Vista right. well. Although it did have an AMD... Uh, it's an X1600 mobile GPU. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, I think it was an I think it was an X sixteen hundred. So mid tier, mid tier mobile GPU for the day ran pretty darn well. Uh, ran all my my side gadgets and things like that, all the widgets and yeah, I do and whatnot. The Windows Vista widgets on the side, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, that was the thing. Even if it was under spec, if you turned off some of the advanced features and stuff like that, it still mm -hmm. ran fine. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the, cause it was the first time they used rendering on the screen. Um, and it actually, you would use the GPU, the integrated GPU or whatever GPU you had to render effects. Like when you flip through windows, yep. instead of doing an alt tab, you can do a, a windows tab. Windows tab. And yeah, you get and the it, cascade, it, cascade effect. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they stopped doing that. Uh, they, yeah. They don't do that anymore. That's funny. Um, it does kind of work, but it doesn't do the cascade anymore. <laughs> no, it, it tiles doesn't. your windows, yes. but it does an animation for the tiling. Yeah. You hit Alt-Tab, it just snaps to the top. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's weird. That's funny. It does that to the video too. Look at that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, by the way, Jeremy, two dollar donation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank the XP you. article's date was two thousand twenty-one. I have no idea how this article wound up in this position because. I had another article that said happy 21st birthday. I don't know if I just pulled up the wrong one or It could or what. be, yeah. I didn't put it in there. Yeah. Don't let me. <laughs> uh, pretty sure AMD quoted ATI in 2008 uh, and a couple people chimed in 2006. Yes, the ATI takeover was in 2006. Um, so technically I had an ATI X1600. Okay. Um, and and even the 2000 series on desktop was still ATI. Uh, it's not until the 3000 series, um, your 3850s and 3770s and cards like that, oh, yeah. that AMD took over the branding. Yeah, it took me a while to stop calling them ATI for the longest time. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot AMD bought them. Oh, I forgot. Yep. Well, it's about perfect timing. It's seven o'clock, and I am just about done with this beer. Mm. Just finished mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, it was. I don't know if I liked it that much, to be honest, because mm. it was it was it was too hoppy to to be a good ESB, and it wasn't hoppy enough to be like an IPA. Interesting. So yeah. It, it was like it's it was the middle middle ground that made me want it either to go this way or this way, right? So I, it was interesting, but I don't know if I really liked it that much. <laughs> but I would say that I did not really like it that much. I mean, it was it was fine drinkable beer, but it seemed like it tried to blend ESBs and IPAs together, and it's I don't think those are two things that should be mixed together. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe if they used a different hop, it might be better. Yeah, I've I've had beers like that where. It's, uh, you know, that super deep malt, like yeah. an ESB or, mm -hmm. um, like I said, if I had to describe the, the dead and dead, it's very reminiscent of a scotch ale, yeah, the way that they've done the swap yeah. and, and it's phenomenal or, you know, yeah. like a multi brown or a red right. or something like that. Um, yeah. but, uh, I've had beers with just a little too much hop that yeah. didn't blend at all into the oh, flavor. Yeah. Uh, and that sounds kind of like what you're describing where... Yeah a different blend or maybe if it wasn't dry hopped maybe if it was if it was you know more subdued or something like that yeah more subdued more more laid back in the flavor it could have been an interesting add-on yeah I, I do remember back in the day cdas which cascadian dark ales were kind of all the rage mm -hmm. um and uh, for people who don't know cascadian dark ales are basically like a, a, a porter or a stout but they're like really hopped so yeah. they're kind of like a dark ipa um but with more roasted malt in it and I've had some that were absolutely delicious, and there's some that were just like, no, these two things do not go together. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it really depends. You have to be really, really well knowledged about what flavors your hops bring and how much to put in there, because you can definitely go overboard and make it so that these two things do not blend together. Um, but yeah, this one, this one was like it's, it was tolerable, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it my favorite. So that's why I'm like, okay, let's go for a fresh hop. Yeah. Yes. And while you're going for fresh hop, I'm going to go for the X Novo 
collaboration with uh, Puff Coffee, the Magic Stout. Puff the Magic Stout. Puff the Magic Stout. Yeah. Well, that is definitely a thinner stout. Like you can, you can see through the stream. Also pours a uh, little bubbly. Ooh. Oh, this is absolutely delicious. Mm. I'm taking back any criticism I may have had previously. Okay. <laughs> wow. Good, good tasting, huh? Yeah. Honestly, mouthfeel is kind of like, yeah, I could give or take it. Yeah. Sometimes when I've had just an absolutely delicious tasting stout and it was still feeling kind of thin, whatever. I'd get, I'll get over it really quick if it tastes good. Oh, yeah. Mm. This one's absolutely delicious. It's kind of slightly piney, a little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of orange. Kind of hazy, but I wouldn't, I don't know if this is, categor, I don't think this is categorized as a hazy. But definitely, definitely, you can tell it's a fresh hop because it's got that uh, kind of green grass almost flavor to it, that fresh green flavor yeah. to it. But it's not like overpowering. It doesn't taste like you're drinking lawn clippings or anything like that, but there's definitely a green freshness to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I do like me a fresh opt. I do too. IPA. Um, so is this one exceedingly oily or is it dry no. on the back end? It's actually kind of dry on the back end. Um, yes, I have had some that are kind of oily. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, we went to the uh, St. Paul Fresh Hop Beer Festival earlier this month. And that was great. Actually, Great Notion was there with their version of Fresh Hop Beer. And that was phenomenal. Ooh, great notion making a fresh hop beer. Ah, oh, dude, that was that was my. Why didn't was you call me? I didn't we? Didn't no. I say, okay. I thought I I thought I said something. Are you going remember. to the cider fest this Saturday? Uh, is it Bombins? Uh, Salem. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a no. cider fest in Salem downtown. Mm -hmm. This Saturday, huh? This Saturday. It depends. I might have somebody coming over on Saturday. Blow I, them I off. Have, I have. I have. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be making my second hot sauce this this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. I've been getting into making my own hot sauce, growing my own peppers, fermenting them, making my own hot sauce. Ram, one of the uh, one of our moderators and and uh, channel regulars, he does the same thing too. Shipped me out some hot sauce from Australia, and man, it was good stuff. All right, it I think I redeemed the spicy. There, there you go. go. Look at that. That looks good. Uh, Noldev <laughs> says, oily, grassy taste. That's quite the sales speak. Um, you obviously don't like IPAs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Good stuff, huh? Oh, wow. That is good. That is just the right amount of stout mixed with just the right amount of coffee. I love that. Like, blend. like, holy crap. This is delicious. 
one of the first things that I was super surprised about blending well with coffee was IPA. A, IPA, a good, well-blended yes. coffee IPA. You wouldn't think that that would be a good combo, but it actually is. Uh, Road does their cold brew IPAs. That's the one. That's the yeah. one that I had. That I was like, dude, this is. Did you have the one or the two The one when they first released it. They're both fantastic. Yes. They really are. It's kind of funny because the first time I tried it, uh, Deschutes used to, or was it Deschutes? Yeah, no, it was Rogue. Rogue used to be at the Portland airport. Uh -huh. I was flying out to visit my brother in Tampa. And so, you know, we always like to stop at whatever's there, whether it be Deschutes or Rogue, whatever breweries at the airport. And I have a couple pints before, you know, we get on the plane. And so we fly out to Tampa and right next to the Tampa airport is Cigar City. So we go there to the Rogue, and Rogue's like, oh, this is our new IPA. It's a coffee IPA. I'm like, whoa, very interesting. Let's try this. And I'm like, oh, this is phenomenal, delicious. Uh -huh. It was called Cold, Cold Brew IPA. And so I go flying out six hours later because the flight from Portland to, to Tampa. Get in right when uh, uh, Cigar City's about to close. And they're like, hey, we got a brand new IPA. It's got coffee in it. It's called Cold Brew IPA. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, I just had this. <laughs> but it was in Portland. <laughs> and I drank it. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, buddy. But the Portland one was better. <laughs> uh, Gearling chimes in with $10. Thanks for the shirt. I'm wearing it now. Nice. Uh, so I just told Gearling to tweet it out. Uh, for those who don't know, I down in craftcomputing.store, check it out down in the video description, uh, we've got some TOS uniform-inspired shirts. Uh, yeah, I like So them. we've got all three divisions. We've got uh, uh, security, command, and... Uh, science. And science, yeah. right. And so uh, go check them out. They're, they're pretty dope. May yeah, or may not have been featured in my recent Linode ad. I've worn them in a couple of videos now. Uh, go check it out. I think it just made my camera worse. And, and <laughs> I, I could only think of one person truly that needed a red shirt. And that was Gearling. So. Uh. <laughs> Glad you're enjoying it, Jeff. Speaking of enjoying things, I don't know that I will be enjoying the following. Mm -mm. Um, Arby's mm. is releasing a smoked bourbon. Yeah, not not bourbon smoked, not not like ribs with bourbon inspiration, but a smoked bourbon. Right. Inspired by its sandwiches. <laughs> I have never once bit into a roast beef or a brisket or yeah. or any kind of sandwich and go, you know what? This would be great as in a drink. <laughs> yeah, it's like I really want I really like this big beef and cheddar, but I would really like to have it burn as I'm going down my throat. <laughs> right, right. My whiskey needs more meat flaps. He's like, no, you never, these are phrases you've never heard anybody utter. But I guess the Arby's wants to make a smoked bourbon. Smoked bourbon. Uh, uh, it's no. made in partnership with Ohio Craft Distillery Brain Brew and will be available in California, Colorado, Florida, Kentucky, New Hampshire, New York, and Washington, D.C. Oh, thank God, not Oregon. Yes. Uh, I'm sure some bourbon aficionados and Arby's aficionados, I'm sure there's a Venn diagram somewhere 
I don't think it's that much of a crossover, but there's got to be it there. Otherwise, they wouldn't put this out, right? Um, I, I would think that, yes, Kentucky, probably, that Venn diagram might get a little closer. People who like bourbon and people who like Arby's. I can't see that too much with California or Colorado. <laughs> Where's the meat? Hopefully not in my bourbon. Yeah, exactly. I did have, I did have, I don't know if you ever tried the bacon flavored vodka. You ever tried that before? Bacon vodka. No, but you, yeah. you tried to force on me peanut butter bourbon before. That, that was, that's gross. Yeah, that stuff was, that was disgusting. Awful. Yeah, no, it was not good. Um, yeah, that peanut butter, no, it was, it was peanut butter whiskey. It says like, it's one of the flavored whiskeys. And at yeah. first sip, it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then as each sip progresses, it gets worse and worse and worse until by the end, you're like, this is gross. <laughs> I just don't want it anymore. But no, the bacon vodka was was also disgusting. I'm sure it's great in a Bloody Mary, but I'm just not a Bloody Mary fan. I don't know. It's just me. Uh, William says, that's okay, Jeff. I'll send you a bottle along with a six pack of Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout. A Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout is good stuff, though. We get, we get that out here, though. We get Samuel Smith out here. We do. That's the organic stuff. I was not a fan. I think it's, I mean, it's not like the best, but it's not I, bad. I straight up was not a fan. Really? Straight up disliked that. I wonder if it was just sitting on the shelf too long. It, it's possible. Yeah. But the bottle shop nearest me uh, does a very good job at storing things and well, keeping are, things cold that need to be cold. These are these and, are imports because those Samuel Smiths come from uh, the UK. Right. They're from UK. Yeah. Um, it's entirely possible. I just got a bad batch. Mm. But it's also entirely possible that I just hate that crap. <laughs> it could be too. <laughs> Oh yeah, speaking of meat flavored drinks, uh I did we, me and John eventually did do the hot dog flavored seltzer water. Mm -hmm. Uh and hot dog hard, hard seltzer. Uh, hot dog hard seltzer, that's right, but the sound was bad. So I got to film it again. <laughs> I got to go back and do it. Cuz we couldn't drink the whole thing. There's no way we were going to drink the whole thing. Uh so uh yeah, we gotta we gotta redo this one. Yeah, so look, look forward to that. Yep. Once John produces it. Um. So next story, Steve and I are kind of in agreement here. Uh, me more so outraged than Steve was, yeah. but I I think both of us are fairly offended by this. Mm -hmm. Um, the highest rated beer in every state, circa 2022. This is yep. according to VinePair.com. Um, well, actually, so it's, it's according to they, they took the ratings from Beer Advocate. Right. Be right. This is this is who made the article, but the ratings were from Beer Advocate. Yes. Um, so if we scroll down, they've got a, a list of every state and every state's best rated beer. Correct. And that's I'm just, Oregon. I'm just going to scroll down to Oregon. Yeah. How in the ever loving is a Saison the number one rated beer in Oregon? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's like 
saisons have kind of gone out of fashion in the recent years. They're also they're also so polarizing as far as people who drink them go. Uh, some people drink a saison to to feel pain just so they can. And some people drink a saison because they they're twisted and backwards. Yeah, like and, I and the, and the degard. Just to be fair, the degards because there's some saison like the logston saisons yeah, are actually yeah. really delicious, but the degard saisons are a lot more funky and sour. It, it's um, straight up like like over fermented funk. Yeah, like it's it's that kind of. It tastes like a beer has turned, and then they decided to bottle it. Um, yeah, uh, that's what some saisons taste like, absolutely. Right, and, I, and I'm just not a fan of that. Like, And to be clear, I'm a fan of a lot of different beer styles, but typically whenever anyone asks, like, what beer do you like, my answer is always pretty much anything, just not farmhouses. Yeah, farmhouses are definitely a crapshoot because... That style is you just naturally ferment what you're making. So right, it's 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 wild yeast and natural area. fermentation. Yeah, it's uh, for, the for yeast from the area. Know. Right, so you get regional flavors. So like Degard, which is in Tillamook, mm-hmm. uh, so it's at the coast. Um, definitely a lot more funkier flavors. Tastes a lot like ra- rotten cheese there. and cow. Sh- yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but Logsdon, which is in like I think closer to Hood River. Mm-hmm. Theirs are almost like uh, Belgian-y tasting. Their saisons are almost yeah. like German beers, and they're like delicious. Right. So, um, yeah, it just it just depends on where you get them from, uh, and it depends on what you like. I mean, like some people love blue cheese. I think blue cheese is disgusting because that funky. I think it's awful. Like you're licking a sock flavor. Right. Um, like I've eaten mold accidentally before. Yeah, I don't need like, to oh, eat it on purpose. Yeah. Right. Like, like that's how I feel about blue cheese and and saisons because they're they're often over fermented, wild fermented, uh, wild yeast. Like it, it's got a bit of a funk to it. It's got a bit of a tang. It definitely that does. I just don't agree with. It. Some people absolutely love it. Right, but how in the world did a saison reach the highest rated beer in Oregon? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. See, here's the thing. It's like they used Beer Advocate, which Beer Advocate it was kind of the first website to kind of start rating beers. So mm-hmm. a lot of the real snooty beer snobs used Beer Advocate. And then Untapped right. came out. And right. Untapped was the beer rating for the populace, right? <laughs> it's right. Like everybody used Untapped. Like, oh. like I can go down this list and I can agree with just about everything oh, else. I can't. Like, like, I looked at Washington. The Washington ones, that's appropriate. Utah, Big Bad Baptista. Oh, yeah, of course. That's great. 11.7% American Imperial Stout. Uh, yeah. Vermont, Hetty Topper, the original Hazy IPA. Like, you yeah. can't go wrong there. Uh, Coffee Cinnamon Bee Bomb uh, from Fremont. Phenomenal beer out of Washington. Oh yeah, Nevada. See, I went and looked at Nevada because I was thinking maybe Evil Baker would be on there, but no, it was Revision and their Disco Ninja, which Revision is in Reno, but yes, they're actually great. They have great IPAs, right? So Disco Ninja is good too. So that, that's totally yeah. fine and appropriate. Yeah, Revision, New England IPA. I love it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of other beers that I recognize on this. Um, there's other half brewing out of New York. Uh, their fourth anniversary IPA, ten percent. Uh, 
Ohio's Jackie, Jackie O's Pub and Brewery, their American Stout uh, Appervision, 15%. Illinois got, Illinois got Bourbon County Stout. And right. got the Bourbon County Coffee Stout. Right. Okay, totally. Perfect. And so always look forward to Bourbon County. You've got founders up in Michigan with the CBS, 11.3%. You know, your uh, Can- Canadian Breakfast Stout. Uh, Gose Gone Wild from Maryland. There, there are so many good beers on this list. How <laughs> is Oregon not representing a stout or an IPA? You're you're more upset about this than I was about White Claw being the barbecue <laughs> beverage of Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. If I go to a barbecue and someone says, hey, do you want a drink? And I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they show me a cooler full of White Claw. I'm probably I'm like, not going to be disappointed. I would be. I would be. If, if it's okay, nothing but take... Bud Light, Miller Light, you know, Heineken, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be like, do you have any water or lemonade or something? Well, I'd probably take a Miller Light over a White Claw, to be fair. But... I'll I'll take a White Claw. I'm yeah. not ashamed to say it. I don't, I don't mind Miller so much, but the others, yeah, I'll probably take the White Claw over those. Mm-hmm. But how does the Cezanne top the list of Oregon beers? I can name two dozen Oregon beers before I would even consider adding a Saison to the list. I, I have to try this. I mean, to be fair, I have not tried this one. So I, I have. don't know. I have. have. you had this one, the, the Nectarine Premiere? Yeah. From Degard. Yes. I have I'll tried have this one. It's... Untapped. It's all I right. I have. I mean, it's a Saison. I... If it were me, I'd give it like a 325. Hmm. So perfect yeah. score being 5.0, I gave it a 3.25. I have not. It tried. is what it says it is. It's a Saison. Okay. It's, it's got nectarine in it. Right. Yeah. Oh well. I don't know. Yeah, because I would have been I would have been for sure thinking that it would have been some kind of IPA or something that maybe Great Notion or Oakshire or somebody. Right. Like like put any great notion beer out there, especially yeah. great notion IPA or triple stacks or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. some of the most sought after beers nationally that we right. have put in Fort George Cavatica stout, put in Oakshire Hellshire. Yeah. Heck, heck even, you know, go with rogue, go with like the eight hop rogue IPA or wow. dead guy ale or mm-hmm. Deschutes Black Butte Porter. Like there are so many better beers yeah. than that. I don't understand it. There's there's a almost cult-like following to Degard, and I don't understand it. I think Degard's yeah. okay, right. but I think it's really hit and miss. Right. And, and for the same reason that we talked about, like, yeah, some people De- just Degard is love. more of a specialty brewery, where if you Very like what so. they produce, you're going to be in heaven. Yes. However, if you don't like that style of beer, if you don't like sours and saisons and farmhouses right. and things like that... They don't have a lot to offer the general public. Yeah. And like if you go to a cheese factory and all they give you is blue cheese and you don't like blue cheese. Right. And you're like, eh, They produce no. the best blue cheese around. Well, that means only 15% like of people are actually going to eat this. Yeah. Like, it should not be the best beer. Yeah. I wouldn't think it would be. The only thing I can think of is that it's because it's beer advocate and not untapped. I would like to see the same rating, but instead of using Beer Advocate, they use Untapped. 
Yeah. And I think there's a bigger, bigger pool of people from Untapped than there is. I would agree with that. And and like you said, more of a general populist pool than simply the beer elitists. Yeah. Yeah, but I just didn't get that one. (laughs) Not at all. I, I agree. I was I was a little disappointed too. I was hoping he was something else, but eh. like Alaska, they went with Anchorage with of with, course Anchorage with, is great. with Blessed. Like yes, no, Blessed is awesome. Right, uh, Sun Up White Russian Imperial Stout, nine point two percent out of Arizona. Uh, Pliny the Younger out of California, oh, Russian yeah. River Pliny's Brewing. Great. Like yeah, how can you go wrong with any of those? Oh yeah. Well, I don't think. Okay, take it back. I have not had Plenty of the Younger. I've had Plenty of the Elder. Plenty of the Younger is their imperial version of Plenty of the Elder, right? And that one's kind of hard to come by. But I do like Plenty of the Elder. Right. So. Anyway, I'm done anyway. with my local non-appreciative rant <laughs> about right. the best beer in our or in our state. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Uh, Gearling says he's stuck in the airlock. Let me scroll down. I can fix this. I think I can fix this. Oh, on the Discord? Yep. All right. There he is. Yeah. All right. Rolls. We will add him to the guest roll. All right. Gearling, you should be good to go. And in fact, I'm going to reply to this and at Gearling Guy. There we go. Now you can see the glory that is uh, you doing Journey. (laughs) Welcome to my Discord server. All right, uh, we've got All one right. more beer story and then a couple more uh, gaming stories to get to. Boston Beer Company introduces the first tequila-based RTD beverage, Loma Vista Tequila Soda. So this yeah. is a ready-to-drink cocktail, um, and it's the first one that's based on actual tequila. Yeah. There have been margarita-inspired mm-hmm. cocktails and and things of that nature that have hit store shelves before. In fact, uh, I actually rather enjoyed a uh, ready-to-drink cocktail. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I've had several that were actually really good. Right. I was reading, uh, I was actually going to post this article instead of, well, John posted this one, but uh, basically what it was was that um, these RTDs are taking over seltzers. Mm Mm-hmm. In in like well, especially when it comes to like breweries, I would say. Right. When it comes to like white claws and places that are mass producing it, but I'm talking about breweries. Uh, instead of doing their seltzers, they're finding they're not as popular as these RTDs. Right. And I actually experienced this myself. We went up to Washington. I, I for my son's birthday, we went to the uh, Great Wolf Lodge, and they had a brewery, restaurant, distillery right next to it and that's what they had they had their own beer and then they had their own rtds and cans and i bought like a six pack of i asked them if i could mix and match them and they said yeah sure sure so i did like a six pack of different kinds and i tried them all and they were all really good and i'm like i would definitely take this over 
a seltzer any day. Now, is it less than calorie count? No, I don't think it is, but it does definitely taste better uh, than most of the seltzers I've had at craft places. So this one is uh, the first tequila-based one that I've seen with using real tequila instead of just like some agave-flavored beverage. Which a lot of the places that are like, oh, we have this tequila-inspired drink. It's most likely just malt beverage with agave added to it. Right, and, and that's a typical way to get tequila-inspired yeah. uh, flavors is to do agave sweetener. Yeah. Uh, because real tequila isn't real tequila unless it's made with the agave plants in mm. agave Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it has to be from that specific region, kind of like champagne is just sparkling right. wine unless That's it's made why. in champagne, France. And if it's not, it's mezcal. Right. Yeah. Um, which... To be honest, I prefer Mezcal because you can actually do some creative things with it instead of saying, this is tequila. It has to be this, yeah. Uh, very much like bourbon and rye, tequila is a very specific vessel uh, for spirits. It requires you to be produced in a certain area, maintain a certain grain balance, and, yeah. and everything else. Um and to be quite honest, it can stifle some creativity. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you get some blended American whiskeys, the sky's the limit. Like you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. As long as you age it four years, you can technically be called an American whiskey and add whatever spirits, whatever barrel aging, whatever extra flavoring, whatever you want. And you can come up with some pretty unique things. You can also come up with some crap things, which is oh, yeah. why like, there's such like regulation on what you can call <laughs> bourbon and rye and tequila. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I don't like traditional tequila, but I do really enjoy nice good mezcal. mezcals. Yeah. In fact, there's one on my shelf right, right back there. there. Yeah. That's a mezcal, and it's one of the, freaking one of the amazing. I, I kind of want to go to it maybe next year, and it usually comes up early to midsummer they have the tequila mezcal taco festival up in portland Ooh. which i <laughs> i've always wanted to go but i have not had uh, it, the timing was just not right because uh yeah all the, that combined sounds awesome i am a taco aficionado i love my good tacos some of the best tacos in the world I ever had was just like a good seasoned meat with a good sauce and just like a little bit cilantro, lime, and a cabbage. And that was it. And man, if you get those those elements just right, it's the best taco in the world. Oh, can I just say, God damn you all. Hmm. <laughs> check out, they, check yeah. out the Talking Heads channel in Discord. Oh no. What is this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> At least it isn't my ding dang dong. Oh like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh we do have a couple of entertainment notes. Right. Uh, or at least one entertainment and one gaming note. Uh first off, James Gunn has officially taken charge of DC comic movies and TV series. Right. Uh, that's kind of big news from someone who is very invested into the space in general. Yeah. Um, 
So James Gunn directed Guardians of the Galaxy, Peacemaker, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, and and a bunch of others. Um, and uh, he's actually just been named co-CEO of DC Mar or DC movies, DC comic yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, so he will be the creative head and chief executive officer of any future DC re- related movies. Which is good because the past DC movies have been varying from like, oh, that's okay to absolutely horrible. Yes. Um, <laughs> did you see Suicide Squad? Because I did. The very first one, but the Kevin or the 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 James Gunn one, I really liked actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was excellent. I've only then, seen then, I've only seen the original. I've only seen the first Suicide no, Squad. Watch, watch the new one done by James Gunn. It's which, much much better. Which was an hour and. 45 minute movie um the first 40 minutes of which they spent doing non-in-person character introductions uh of which they're like flipping through a notebook going like oh harley quinn she's a bad dude man like she one time and then it fades in and then does like this two minute sequence of like harley quinn breaking out of a jail and and then they're like Oh man, the fish. Yeah, he's a bad guy. And then it fades into two minutes of him like breaking out of jail. Yeah. Do you see a, a pattern here? Uh that was the first twenty-five minutes of the movie, was introducing like eight different characters. That was um, that was their idea of character development. Which they, was very shallow, yeah. They then move into the jail because we're talking about doing the suicide squad. And they introduce six of those eight characters because the other two can't be bothered to actually be there. Um, and then they go, well, who's this guy? Oh, that's Deadeye. He's another bad dude. And then they fade to like a five minute clip of him. And then for some reason, the FBI director is at like dinner with someone and they're talking about this and like, yeah, can we get this guy as well? And then it fades in. There's 40 minutes of character introductions. And then they finally get the band together. And then they have to introduce you to two new characters who they didn't bother covering in the first 40 minutes. And then they kill one of the new characters who you don't care about anyway to prove a point. And it's like, I didn't know him. And none of the other people knew him either. And he's dead now. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, the very first, the very first Suicide Squad was absolutely horrible. This yeah. one, the, the one that James Gunn did, I, I would highly recommend. It's actually really good. And the Peacemaker series that he put out on Showtime is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that James Gunn is taking this over and just, you know, I like of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies as well. Yeah. It's good. This is this is hopefully going to take it in a better direction um, than, than what it has been. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess the latest Batman movie, I didn't mind that so much. I thought that was decent, um, up to a point. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near the uh, Christian Bale movies, right? So, hopefully, this is going to be uh, a much a, a new boon for DC. Kind of as the Marvel ones are kind of getting a little stale. Those movies are getting a little stale too. To be fair, yeah. They're kind of like, uh, I, I haven't, and the TV series that they put out, I haven't really found any of them to be like super great. No. Either. They've if been anything, like, if anything, I kind of like what DC has been doing with their TV series with Arrow and Flash and things um, like that. 
I would say the very like the very first couple, like the very first couple seasons of Arrow and the very first couple seasons of Flash were pretty decent. Yeah. But they all went downhill really fast. Especially right. the last couple seasons of Arrow right. were really bad. These last couple seasons of Flash have been terrible. I haven't even tried watching any of the ones. I'm really like, I don't care. Uh, let's see. Tech Geek chimes in with $50. Thank Whoa. you, as always, Tech Geek. It is Thank very you, much appreciated. Uh, evening, gents. Just got done with work, watching on my way home, but I'll rewatch the first half later. Don't watch us in the car, unless you're, yeah. like, on a bus or something. It's fine. Just We're watch here. us when you get home. Like, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but be safe, okay? Uh, drinking an orange dreamsicle monster tonight. Cheers. Well, once you get home, you can add vodka to that if you want. That's right. Yeah. That's a that's a hell of a nightcap. Yeah, it is. Um, uh asks, Craft Computing, is that a custom-molded IEM in-ear monitor uh, that you're sporting there? Wouldn't happen to have a vid planned on the molding experience. Um, no to both of the above. This is the Sennheiser IE40. Um, it is a phenomenal in-ear monitor uh, that I bought specifically for its bass response. Uh, so I am a bass player. Uh, I haven't played in probably three or four years because I uh, no longer have a group to play with. Um, but uh, I bought these for in-ear onstage monitors and uh, then completely forgot about them. I forgot I had them in my base case. So I was using some monoprice in-ear monitors uh, when we started going remote with this whole uh, talking heads thing. And uh, then I went, oh, right, I have some actual in-ear monitors that are really good quality. Uh, so I pulled them out and I've been using them for about the last year or so. Uh, but uh, these are not custom molded. They're just the generic rubber tips, um, but they are exceedingly comfortable. The uh, earpieces on them are 100% moldable. Oh, so you wow, can get moldable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so you nice. can, you can fit them in any radius or any size along your ear and they just stay in place. And that's primarily why I bought them. Um, now, for a pair of earbuds, if you're just looking for that, they're $100. They're pretty expensive. For a genuine set of in-ear monitors, they're only $100. They're pretty affordable. <laughs> like, it, it all depends on your outlook on this type of gear. Um, mm. So, yeah. Tech Geek says, fine, I'll listen on the way home. Or, uh, listen on the way home. Yes, please be safe. Uh, like, yes. like, I know I'm amazing. But, but please make it home. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, and then we'll probably have some time for some Q&A. So uh, sure. get your questions ready. If you submit a question before I'm done with this story, though, I probably won't scroll up high enough to read it. So wait to ask your question until after I say, OK, let's take some questions now. Everyone understand? Probably not, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's been a running meme for a couple of years, but this year it really lit some fire. And that is the, uh, uh, hey, be careful this Halloween. I just yeah. cut open my kid's Snickers and found X. the Beastie Boys inside yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, or like, like all of 90s funk music inside of it or like 38 razor blades inside of it. And it's, it's yeah. become a meme template that you can download and Photoshop to your heart's content. And it's amazing. I'm totally here for it. Um, well, Adafruit decided to go their own route with it. 
and actually took a Milky Way bar <laughs> and put into it a single board computer that is capable of playing Doom. <laughs> so be careful out there, parents. We just got our kids Halloween candy and inspected it, and inside of it was the 1993 first-person shooter of the year. Oh, yeah, not only that, but the MS-DOS. Right. MS-DOS version of it, yeah. Right. Um, which, of course, you know, you have to be careful. You don't want to get your kids addicted to MS-DOS. Right. That would be bad. Yeah. But the fact that they actually got it in there in a wrapper, <laughs> I think that's pretty hilarious. My hat's off to that. That's that was really good. Awesome. I'm not um, too sure how they control it, but yeah, it could just be a video playing as well. I'm not could sure. Be. It could um, be because if if it was me, I'd probably do a small video player inside because that's way more achievable than yes, it's super than, easy than I/O and wireless and all that that other stuff right, that comes with right. that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's cool. Um, I will say I have been revisiting the original Doom as of late. Right. Um, have you downloaded the Voxel Doom mod for GZ Doom? I, I did see it, but I have not downloaded it, actually. Do it. Is it really cool? It really gives another dimension to Doom. Hmm. Um, it allows you to jump. Um, which, yeah, which was missing from the original Which is Doom, quite yeah. helpful yeah. In, in certain spots, especially if you're traversing, like, lava or goo or anything like that, yeah. like poison and whatnot. Um, you can hop along that and take minimal damage because you're not in contact with it for long enough. Um, and so does it, it, does it allow you to aim up and down? Because it allows you to aim up and down with mouse yeah. or controller aiming. Okay, because that's what it was. The original one, you just had to point in the direction. Right, and, and it, it would automatically... It would automatically go up or down, right. depending on how you shot. No, yeah. this one keeps your shots in a line and and actually relies on you mm-hmm. aiming. And right. so it adds a little bit of difficulty to it, but it's a it's a realism element to it that I really mm-hmm. like. Um, but the voxel creatures, oh my god, Looking they are better, huh? freaking awesome. Um, well, that was that was the like original. This, this is how voxels. this is how like eight year old me remembers playing Doom. Yeah. Um, except they were only everything was only ever two D sprites right. inside yeah. of Doom. Um, it's it's like mixing Descent and Doom in your in your mind's eye, because yes. Descent was the first game ever with full 3D enemies, yeah, uh, fully three dimensional um, rasterized enemies. Was that the first one? Are are you are you taking into account vector vector? Uh... We're not taking into account vector because technically okay. Tank and a couple other games right. had. It was the, it was uh, uh what was the arcade? It was battle uh, battle tanks or something like that. Yeah, there's battle tanks. There was uh, what was that? Tempest. Also Tempest had... used vector, but they weren't three D models. Yeah, it was just a flat screen where you moved thing around. Right. Whereas like battle tanks, what was battle right. tanks? You had the two sticks and you moved around. You put your eyes in yeah. the thing and you went yeah, yeah. Zh, zh, and um, you moved around a three D scape with three D. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, I I know if not the very first descent was one of the first. To have okay. fully rasterized 3D enemies, not sprites. Right. Um, now, all the power-ups in that were still sprites, as mm-hmm. were they in Doom. Um, but uh, they've converted everything to vector graphics. Or not vector, but, uh, but voxel graphics. And it looks incredible. Um, really? I've actually been playing it on my Ioneo Air. 
because mm-hmm. uh, I've been looking for games that I can play at five watts on that, and mm-hmm. Voxel Doom is one of them because it's an incredibly simple game. Mm. Um, but it's awesome. Like I, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, I do remember seeing videos of it when it first got released and being intrigued by it because I do remember way back when when voxels were first starting to get uh, um, you know prominent. Well, I wouldn't say they were ever prominent, but the technology first came out and they started in, introducing into games. And the whole premise was is that hey, this is a totally scalable technology, and so that as technology gets better and better, we can scale up the number of voxels that are here, and it's going to look better and better and better never really took off like that <laughs> i mean um i mean of course you know minecraft is all voxel based too actually but um which is probably one of the most successful games of all time but it's not in a sense that it's a scalable thing it's just voxels are being used as uh your environment right and how you build things um but yeah, no, this is super interesting. I, I'm gonna go check it out eventually. I hope <laughs> when I have time. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing about Doom is the levels are so short. They're like, you know, even if you're not speed running, they're like four minutes right. each. They're not very um, long. Yeah. And so you can dive in and dive out and play one level of Doom and go like, okay, cool, my thing's yeah. rendered or compiled or ready to Whatever. go now. Yeah. I can I can move on with my day. Mm-hmm. So it's been sitting next to me on my desk here for quite a few days, and I've just been cranking out one level at a time. Right. Just like I got it done. So let's go on to the next one. There we go. Yep. Exactly. Let's see. All right. All right. Uh, I think that about does it for the news. So if you have any questions, now is the time to submit them. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. John Jay says, did they just chocolate coat a pregnancy test? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Craft Computing, how much are you using the Unreal? Have you played with the Air yet? Um, I have not played with the Unreal Air yet. I am using the, or sorry, I, I do have the Unreal Air. Uh, if that's what you're asking. Um, one sec here. Oh, looks like they pulled it back off Amazon. They're probably out of stock. Um, yeah, so I did a review on the Unreal Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still use it at least once a week. Uh, like, it is definitely within my rotation. Um, I will primarily use it on nights that I don't sleep very well. And just like I said in the review video where I don't want to wake my wife up, but I also don't want to get out of bed. So before I would grab whatever console was next to me, whether it's an Ein Odin or an Ion Neo Next or a Steam Deck or whatever else. And I just like start going to town on that, turn the brightness all the way down and like hope she doesn't wake up. But eventually she'd wake up even with headphones in just the light. Mm. She the can't line. handle it's the light. big thing, yeah. Right. But now I have the Unreal Air, 
so I can just throw some glasses on my face. I get a screen that's 200 inches wide. Right. And and they don't get glaring glaring things in their face. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and so I still use it at least once a week, if not more than that. Um, it is definitely going to be a mainstay in my travel bag. Um, and it's awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, you may fire questions when ready, Siskal. How many bombers do you have, uh, craft computing? Uh, kind of a personal question, isn't it? <laughs> um, How many bombers do you have in the morning, craft computing? <laughs> right, right. Well, I start off. I start off my day with two. With two uh, bombers. Right. No. Um, I know I have twelve in the bottom of this. Yeah. Um, become lost a lot less prominent. They are typically reserved for like kind of the big bourbon barrel age things. Correct. Bourbon yeah, age, yeah. Any, anymore, um, bombers are not coming as your standard IPAs and things like that. You could get them pre circa twenty twenty, um, but they're really going away for nothing but specialty beers, and right. so. Your Goose Islands, your your uh, yeah. uh, dragon, you know, dragon's milk, your your things like that, um, yeah. and so I've got, like I said, about twelve in this fridge right here. Uh, I've got, I think, eight in our second fridge upstairs, and then I've probably got another six to eight out in my garage fridge. Yeah, I think most of mine are just cellaring right now. I think I might have one bomber. No, I don't have any bombers in my fridge, actually. I'm just, my beer fridge, because I have my beer fridge upstairs in the garage. And then I have my bar downstairs, which there's some storage space underneath it. That's where I cellar all my, you know, big barrel-aged beers down there. <clears throat> Everything down there is pretty much either a 12-ounce bottle or a bomber. No cans down there. Uh, Alice wants to know, what's the airspeed of a swallow carrying a coconut? I don't know. Has he pooped yet? <laughs> Is it African or European? You have to right. Ask. Right. I mean, are we in Capistrano or are we watching them leave? Like there's, yeah. there's two different aspects. Um, Why is Steve possessed by Satan? I, I just going to say I'm on the bridge. Someone's trying to teleport me out, but it's, it's glitching. O'Brien's, right. O'Brien's been hitting the uh, scotch. Crap. They're just cloning right you at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the camera last month was working great, and it's been glitching out today for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. It's a brand new camera, and it's a good one too. I, I know. I don't know what the deal is. I just I just turned it on today, and it starts glitching. And yeah. it was fine. I just used it not that long ago. Yeah, and it was totally fine. I have to smack it around too. Uh, Chuck wants to know: Do I have a link to that Doom version? Uh, so it's GV Doom, or G sorry, GZ Doom is the engine that you need to download, and that is the modern recreation of the original Doom engine. Um, and then there are mods that you can add to it. One of them being the Voxel Doom mod. That is a separate download. Uh, we talked about it two or three weeks ago on the show. Um, I don't remember when precisely. Um, but if you just search Voxel Doom, you'll find the download. Um, so yeah, Voxel Doom, your original WAD files for Doom levels. So your Doom mm -hmm. 1, your Doom 2, your Ultimate Doom, Final Doom, that kind of thing. You'll need those from 
your legitimate sources, whether it be GOG or Steam. And then you'll need GZ Doom, which is the actual modern engine that supports it all. So. Uh, have any of you ever tried New Glower Spears? I spent a week in Wisconsin and they spent that entire week saying, we have the best beer. Have you had Spotted had Cow? Glower. Yes, I've had Spotted Cow. I've had Spotted Cow. It's good, it's okay. but it's not the best. It's, it's okay. good though. It's okay. It's, okay. it's pretty good. Um, yeah. In fact, what was the top beer in Wisconsin? Oh, I don't know. I closed the browser. Down. Central Waters Brewing Black Gold American Imperial Stout, eleven percent. I think. I think. Uh, so even spotted, your state think, didn't rate new uh, Spotted Cow as the best beer in the state. I think Spotted so Cow. So shut actually, up about it, would you? <laughs> I think Spotted Cow is actually kind of a low ABV too. Yeah, it's five point six. I want to say. Yeah, something like that. I was going to pretty low. All right. Uh, let's see. 4.8, actually. That's really low. Yeah, yeah. If it's under 5, it, it's a it's a hard pass for me. <laughs> um, it's a light beer at that point. Yeah. Uh, when does, when does the Narwhal bacon? I think that's a Reddit reference. I'm, I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, craft computing. What under two hundred dollars system would you recommend getting now for making a high availability cluster for services you need to have running? Um, honestly, the Hive Zeus server is still available. If you go and look up my channel and just search for Hive Zeus, uh, you'll find my review of it. Um, it is a twenty eleven zero socket times two. Um, and actually, I did a clustering video with three of those servers. Um, so I've, I've got a Proxmox clustering video featuring the Hive Zeus, as well as a review of the Hive Zeus itself. Uh, you can load them up with up to 256 gigs of memory, uh, fairly affordably since they use DDR3. And I tested failover inside of Proxmox and it was awesome. It, it just <laughs> frankly just worked. Uh, so go check out both of those videos. Uh, and I have links to uh, to eBay where you can buy those servers. Uh, let's see. Michael says, I paid $350 for my 4K Logitech Brio webcam when it came out, and it's been nothing but trouble. Unfortunately, I purposely overpaid, hoping to never have issues. Yeah, the thing is, we're still dealing with USB bandwidth limitations and throughput limitations when it comes mm -hmm. to higher than 1080 video. Um, 108030 takes a lot of processing power. Um, now, cameras like Logitech often have encoders that are built in, so they'll send you a, what amounts right. to an MJPEG stream. But decoding those on the back end still takes a fair amount of juice. And... Uh, there's really no perfect solution out there yet. Like everyone wants to complain because their smartphone has a 12 megapixel camera that can capture 60 FPS and stream it wherever you want. That's all well and good, but there's an ARM processor that's directly right hardwired to that, yeah. that also powers your cell phone yeah. that enables all of that. Um, an x86 processor, x86 AMD 64, is a general purpose processor. It's it has to brute force its things through a lot more things than we would like to acknowledge. 
Um, so there's no specific instructions for decoding a camera feed, uh, which is why our webcams all still suck is because we're relying on the webcams to do all the processing. And frankly, no one wants to spend $400 for what amounts to a smartphone high-end processor and a camera because we already did that in our cell phones and our cameras. So until someone decides to do it or someone comes up with a better way, the better way likely being cameras that are coming out that have HDMI clean output and going straight to a capture card. Um, because capture cards have gotten stupid freaking cheap. Like $10, you can get an HDMI 108060 capture card that plugs into USB and... It's not perfect raw footage, but it's darn close uh, and certainly serviceable for webcam usage. Uh, so a lot of people know the Elgato cam link. Uh, Epos Vox likes to call them the can't links because they're not, uh, <laughs> but they're super good. Like I, I, even though I have a Blackmagic design 4K by four, I can do four 4K 60 FPS streams of HDMI into this PC. Plus, I have another capture card that does 1080 60 by two on analog inputs uh, for capturing retro stuff or VGA or servers or whatnot. I have six HDMI 60 frame per second inputs. I still have a couple cant links around the studio because they just come in handy. Um, So you can get them for like 10 or 15 bucks on Amazon. And if you can find an older camera, like a Sony a5100 or some of the earlier cameras that'll do HDMI out, uh, clean HDMI out, that's a way better solution for a webcam. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I think Crypto Moonzer had some questions about Tesla cards earlier, right? He had a C2090. I remember that. That is a Tesla card I have never worked with before, but it's based on Fermi. Um, And it kind of all depends on what you want to do with that card because that actually predates any VDI or VGPU enabling software. Kepler was the first generation and it's still kind of the bastard child of VDI and VGPU in general. Uh, Really to get into anything modern with support, you need Maxwell or higher. Um, So I don't know what you want to do with it. I know you mentioned a problem with it posting. It's a card I've never dealt with because, good God, I don't want to deal with the cooling requirements of a Tesla C2090, nor do I really have any use for it. So, uh, like, a Tesla P4 will annihilate that in every way, shape, and form. And you can get those for Mm -hmm. 140 bucks today. So... Uh, When will we see an all-host on Talking Heads in person, Craft Computing? Um... It's a good question. We've talked about that a couple of times. Yeah, we've, it was always we've had, we did those. We've had a couple scheduled over the last year and a half. And, and every single time, yeah. they always get canceled. Either there's, there's a, a COVID flare-up and I wouldn't feel comfortable going out. Uh, or all of a sudden, two of the four hosts have like other obligations on that night. Yeah. Uh, like We've legit scheduled like like tasting rooms in, in tap houses yeah, yeah, yeah. to to go do an all hands on deck show yeah. where we would be fully catered with both drink and food. 
Um, like we know a lot of different locations for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been on our radar before. New Year's party talking heads. Um, oh unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I already do a New Year's party where I yeah. bartend every year. And right. as does Steve. Yes. So, well, I haven't done it the last couple of years. I've been to yours a couple of times too. And those yeah. are always fun. Yeah. I, I typically will do a Halloween party. This is like the first year in a long time I have not done a Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's really funny is uh, only Steve and I will get this joke, but uh, Steve walked over one year to our uh, New Year's party and he goes, oh, it's a cute setup you've got. And I'm like, yeah, it's only 12 bottles. <laughs> Because we both expect so much more. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh no, I I I developed an an, an application to um like to to because there's 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 several web apps out there that do like okay I have these ingredients what cocktails can I make? But right. a lot of times they're just like oh well you have vodka therefore you can make this this and this, but it it doesn't it just tells you all the vodka drinks. It doesn't tell you all encompassing all ingredients that you can make. And so I finally made one that says, okay, you have to have all the ingredients before you can make it. So I used to get like spreadsheets of people's like, you bring this, you bring this, you bring this, you bring this. And if everybody brought it, therefore the menu here could all be accomplished. So I always printed out every year a menu so people can go flipping through. It's like, I want that. And I should have all the ingredients for it. Yeah, that's kind of what I do is I will pick like four base spirits and then yeah. like five or six different liqueurs that I can have on hand. Yeah. And uh, and I supply everything myself. So it's if I if I need fruit, I buy the fruit, I buy the liquor, yeah. I buy the liqueurs, I buy everything else that I need because I get some decent joy out of doing that. Um, now one of the hosts for the new year's party usually brings enough champagne for everyone to have at the end of the night. So I will snag a bottle of champagne and do Bellinis or, or similar cocktails with that. Um, and, and I don't buy any soda because if someone wants like a rum and Coke or a, a Jack and Cola or something like that, I can just go grab a Pepsi. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. It's not a big right. deal. Yeah. Um, but it, I will come with at least, at least a dozen to 16, like featured cocktails that are special that you won't find anywhere else that I can right. make here and you can drink. And if you want me to make some standards, I've got a lot of stuff on hand to do to that. make standards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, like one year we were doing like a, uh, a Caribbean theme. And mm -hmm. so it was a lot of rum drinks and a lot of things like that. And someone goes, Hey, can you make me a fuzzy navel? I went, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> yeah. I got peach schnapps. I got rum. Like, let's do this. Well, I think because uh, John did this one time, and I, I thought it, was just, it wasn't a bad idea, and maybe I should do this for, like, maybe future parties, because I do have the setup for taps, right? Right. And taps allow you to hook up CO2 to it, and you basically have compressed drinks, whatever. You could make there, – there's, like, a, there's like, it's like most corny cakes are five gallons. Uh, you can get, like, half of them, so it's, like, two and a half gallons. You yeah. could totally get a couple of two liters of Coke and a bunch of rum and just put it in a tap and people can have rum and Coke on tap. You know, or yourself, man. Or yourself. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah John's did that once. Uh, I thought that's, that's, that's not a bad idea. Just like the basic drinks. You can have two taps of two and a half gallons each. 
Um, one's like maybe a, a screwdriver and the other one's like rum and coke or something. Uh, and then people are just like, grab whatever you want. I've also seen the um, Arduino and uh, Raspberry Pi bartenders where they have automated uh, dispensing of the liquors to like they punch something and they get like, oh, that's my rum and coke. That's my gin and tonic. That's my tequila sunrise. And it does the exact ratios every single time. I've seen those before too. I thought about making one of those, but I don't know. Sometimes I want a stronger pour. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. What else we got? Uh, Darkest Dosses, what server are you running El, Piolo's, <laughs> El Polo Diablo's deepfake on? And have you tried turning <laughs> it off and on again? <laughs> no, actually, I did try turning it off and on. I noticed this camera was glitching before the stream started, and I did yeah. reboot, and I tried fidgeting around. I thought I had it taken care of, but about five minutes into the stream, it started glitching again, so I don't know. New Year's to... Bartender POV stream could be epic. That would be a lot of fun, because I'll make something like 80 cocktails in four hours. We should we should have done the POV karaoke the last time you came over for the Halloween party. <laughs> that was the it's best. A, it's a good thing I could walk home. You you bogarted that karaoke for quite a bit. That I was did. pretty fun. Yes. I I do do karaoke. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, it's eight oh four. I can probably take two or three more questions. Sure. Just out of curiosity, have you ever played any tabletop RPGs? Dungeons Dragons, Champions, Cyberpunk twenty twenty, Show uh, Shadowrun. Um, yes, but not for a very long time. Yeah, it's been a long time for me as well. Yeah. It's been um, about 10 years, I think. It's been longer than that for me. Yeah. Uh, so um, for much of my adult life, I basically worked two jobs. Um, and uh, so it, it would be my main employer plus a secondary employer or my main employer plus having four or five different contracts out for, for MSP style services um, or you know, building PCs for various people or like, I've always had some other form of income other than my main job, which was 50 to 60 hours a week in most cases. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of stopped doing the contract stuff in 2017 when I started the YouTube channel and 2017 to 2020, I, I worked 60 to 70 hours a week at my main employer and then probably 35 hours a week on craft computing. It's only 160 hours per week. Like it, <laughs> I know, you can't, it dries you up can't, pretty quick. You can't make time up. Yeah. So. No, exactly. So yeah, literally more than half of my waking life for three years was just working. Um, I'm kind of happy to be back down to like 50 hours. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with myself sometimes, and I feel guilty well, when I'm not working. You make Rep do the rest, so it's like, he's your whipping boy now. Well, I tried, but he killed a motherboard today. Like... <laughs> your paycheck, right? <laughs> yep. Um, I used to do some D&D &D back in, like, the 3.0 or 3.2 days. Um, I, I know everyone's all upset about the 5.0 rules and, and 5.5 yeah. revisions and things like that. I've heard all the forums. Like, I still keep in touch with a lot of people who do play Dungeons and Dragons or um, what's the other one they migrated to? 
Oh, I did. The last one I remember doing was uh, Warhammer 40K. Okay, yeah. It was the last one I did. No, they, they, they rotated to another one um, after the 4.0 release. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun, but unfortunately I just it's I a still huge can't sink, find the time. Yeah. Right. Same, I, same I, I would love land parties. I used to love land parties, oh. but it was like my whole Saturday was gone. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I don't have time for that anymore. Now, for those wondering, I will be at PDX Land. I have a seat this year, as does Rhett, uh, for the November oh, really? event. Nice. Uh, we will be gaming all three days. Mm, nice. Plus, we're showing off a very freaking cool build, which I really hope I get done before I have to leave, uh, at the Be Quiet uh, booth. So, cool. look for that. Come say hi. I'll be there all week, all weekend. Uh, more than happy to play games with you. But yeah, uh, we went to PDX Land in March and we went, we should come back and actually get a spot and just play games. Yeah. Because neither of us has had an opportunity to do that for quite literally years. Yeah. So it's, it's been, I, I think the last time I went to PDX Land was probably about seven, eight years ago. It's been a long time. Right. Yeah. I've been a couple times and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. It's good times. Uh, if you happen to be going to PDX LAN, I'm actually going to be like on the main thoroughfare. Like uh, when you walk in the hall, there's nothing but tables to your left. I'm on that first row of tables. So come say hi, please. Uh, let's see. How about LARPs such as Vampire the Masquerade? Never got into LARPing. Um, <laughs> my brother-in-law did quite a bit of LARPing and actually still does from time to time. Uh, oh, Pathfinder. That was what I was trying oh. to hit on. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Skull, for, for the Pathfinder reminder. Uh, let's see. Probably got one more question in me and then we're going to kill it and head to the after party. Yep. Uh, but I'm not seeing any more. See some comments, but not Yeah, questions. what's the name of that land again? PDX land? PDX uh, land, yeah. Strangely enough, it's up in Vancouver, or as we call it, Little Portland. Uh, yeah. Portland B. Well, it used to be on the Portland side of the right. Columbia, but they, they have since moved it. Right, they moved it to the uh, Vancouver Expo Center. Yeah. And they've been there for the last good number of years. Yeah. Uh, six, seven years, something like that. Yeah, that's about, uh, but, about the time I stopped going was right. was when they moved, yeah. Yeah, so still very easy to get to. It's only four or five miles north of Portland uh, on the Washington yeah. side of things. Um, and it's a good time. Well, it's about an hour's drive from you, about 45 from me, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Uh, I think we're going to call it a show. Yeah, so a good one. That has been episode 257 of Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Subscribe to the channel, like this video, all that other stuff. Uh, follow Steve on any platform you can find him. Yeah, if you can find him, it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, I know his Twitter handle, but none of you do. So, uh, and. I think that's going to about do it. So, as always, 